Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 223 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Celeste Young knows that drinking is not about the wine. It's about the feeling, the feeling that no one understood. Being a mom, you can't complain or express your feelings because you would be labeled as ungrateful, or even worse, a bad mom. Her new book, It's Not About the Wine, deals with mommy wine culture and how she used wine to numb out all of these feelings of not being good enough. This is such a great conversation. Let's get into it. Celeste, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Jessica? I am fabulous. I just actually got my ass up this morning for some (laughs) reason like I don't know about you but like some mornings like I just don't I also don't have kids so there's that but um I just don't want to get up like Mm -hmm. I would love to just work in bed like that is my jam I I feel super productive working in bed (laughs) it's a vibe I am with you we could be in bed all day just doing our thing yeah so calming and so nice. And I agree. Comfy. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but I have got my ass up and went and played tennis. So, oh, good for you. Here we are. Yeah, that's even better. I love tennis. Do you play tennis? I used to. I played a lot. Uh, yeah. Went camping a couple weeks ago. My kids were playing tennis with me, Ooh. and it brought back a lot of old memories. Yeah. So oh, that was great. That was intriguing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and now the rage is pickleball. So, oh yes, my kids started playing pickleball too. Um, oh, and that's a lot easier than tennis. You don't have to run as much. Hence, I, why it's so popular. Exactly. Exactly. Right? You you get like the instant gratification of like you know like the winners with tennis and like hitting those like really awesome shots, and you can yes. just like whip it. And because the ball is different. It's literally all the tennis highlights without any of the work, which is kind of like alcohol. (laughs) 
that's a, that was a great parallel. That was wow. That just came out of nowhere. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's literally all the rewards, mostly without any other running or work. Without yeah, without yeah. having to work for it. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> so Celeste, I speaking of sobriety and speaking of being a parent, um, I definitely want to talk about your new book that's coming out. It's not uh, about the wine. But first of all, I want to talk about you and your background and your personal relationship with alcohol or lack thereof and what that looks yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give us a little behind the scenes situation? Yeah. I'm, you know, growing up in a family with an alcoholic dad, mm-hmm. I thought I had a leg up. Like I knew what not to do. Yeah. And I thought I could go into my drinking journey independently because I'm not my father's daughter. I, I'm sure. my own person. I know what not to do. Um, and I had these fool's rules kind of established of um, as long as I'm not doing X, Y, Z, I can live my best liquored up life. And it worked well enough for me. You know, in hindsight, yeah. I was still drinking a heavy amount of alcohol. Um, okay. But at the time, the only comparison I had was my father's drinking. So it seemed to me I was doing just fine. Like this was moderation as compared to him. And um, right. I followed that route for a long time. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I became a mom um, that some of the effects of alcohol became unsustainable. Uh, the hangovers weren't something I could navigate and still parent, not mm-hmm. the way I wanted to parent. I sure. couldn't, I couldn't take the day off from parenting um, in those early days of motherhood. And the implications alcohol started having over my anxiety. Um, it was impacting my um my kind of roller coaster history of depression um and the effects on relationships. Um I realized in when it was just me, alcohol seemed fun and games and harmless. But when I had another life or two lives at stake, it became downright dangerous. And I knew I'd have to make some significant changes if I wanted to be the mom I wanted to be. And um, it was that mixed with um, some close calls of you know, health issues, doing things that I regretted, um, getting into fights uh, with my spouse that ultimately led me to quit um, cold turkey uh, with no idea what I was doing. Um, And that was about five and a half years ago. But since then, you know, I have developed tools and I've found community support and um, I've done a lot of reading and researching and um, sharing my journey um, along the way uh, because it it is, it's a journey. You're learning so much about yourself, about the way alcohol is portrayed in our society. And mm-hmm. it started to make me notice um, what kind of trap we we put each other in with the with the alcohol trap uh you yeah. know when it comes to advertising when it comes to memes joking about alcohol and then specifically when it comes to mommy wine culture 
Right. And when once I put those two and two together, that we are setting a lot of a lot of new mothers up mm-hmm. to potentially hurt themselves or their loved ones. I started to get pretty angry. Uh, I, Mm. I wanted to see some changes and I wanted people to know that um, what is happening around mommy wine culture is not harmless. It's not just a funny meme. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to understand where it's coming from because what I was noticing is a lot of mothers were frustrated and angry. A lot of mothers were uh, faltering under the mental load of motherhood, under lack of uh, systemic support, um, corporate procedures in the United States that are just um, not helpful um, to mothers um, and women in general. And um, some of these are really at the root of what's causing many women to turn to alcohol especially in parenting in the first place. So it kind of all came full circle um, when I started really digging into the why of why I was drinking. What, what was I trying to cope with? Yeah. And as I started answering those questions, bigger questions started to come and that's kind of uh, what got me here. Wow. Something that stood out to me when you were, when you were talking is that you can't take a day off of motherhood. No days off. What, like, how does that, just knowing that and experiencing that, what feelings does that generate? Because I, I don't, like I said, I don't even have kids. And the thought of that, yeah, oof, anxiety yeah. spike. A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. Uh, you know, in my early motherhood experience, um, you know, I, I went through all of it. I went through postpartum depression, yeah. tons of anxiety, uh, a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, just I, I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Does anybody yeah. else know what they're doing? Because I do not know what I'm doing. I've got this little baby who yeah. can't even roll over on its own and I'm in charge of it. Like there's, <laughs> it's very who, how did we get away with this yes nobody <laughs> nobody sends you home with an instruction manual no they just throw you out the door and you are expected to now take care nourish and raise this child from the ground up right and i felt and be completely... really damn good at it because if you're right, not yeah. then everyone's like, watching people's gonna come after you and yep. then they're gonna like frown upon you and what you're doing judgment 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 all absolutely around. yeah all the judgment Right. And when I, when I was there in that place going, Oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Mm-hmm. Everywhere I looked, people were saying, mommy needs wine. Ugh. All you need is a glass of wine. Wine will get you through this. My kids are the reason I drink. Like it was what the a, hell it was everywhere. And it made, you know, at the time when yeah. I am in the midst of what, might be the most terrifying moments of my life. I'm thinking maybe they're onto something. Mm. And so what started as a, I'm just going to have a little wine as a nightcap uh, to close out each night. Mm-hmm. Never ends there. Right. And by the end of it, um, I was drinking far more than I was comfortable with. Um, and I would wake up with these raging hangovers that mm. made me feel so incapable of doing everything all over again. 
which is exactly what I had to do. Ugh. And like, it feels like you're moving through quicksand at the same time. Yeah. I mean, when in those early days of motherhood, the, the walls feel like they are caving in. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody has this experience. I was definitely going through postpartum depression with both right. my children, but um, it was very lonely and very isolating. And, you know, when you are feeding a baby two, three, sometimes four times in the middle of the night, yeah, it, it feels like you're the only person in the world. Um, yeah. And it, it's scary. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so what did you do to, to kind of turn this around, you know, drink, like, like you said, you're drinking more than you were comfortable with. Like, where did you even start? Cause like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure like, oh, great. Another thing to add to my plate. Right. Exactly. It yeah. felt like for me, the idea of quitting drinking or not having my drink felt like one more thing. Yeah. To, um, cut me with, you know, death by a Mm. thousand cuts. Um, I literally had nothing else going for me. Let me at least have this, but Mm. it wasn't until I started seeing that the consequences of the alcohol were outweighing Mm. the benefits of what, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of feeling relaxed. Like when you break it down, it, it's not all that much. And it certainly wasn't worth destroying my mental health the following day and trying mm-hmm. to recover from over consuming the night before. So, you know, I always look at energy as a currency. And when I think about the energy I was expending on alcohol each night um, versus what I really needed energy for. Yeah. The uh, cons outweigh the pros. And that's what I had to get to, to actually say, I need to see what life is like without it. Otherwise I can't do this anymore. Like this is unsustainable. This isn't the life I want to have. Right. So what, like, how did you physically like kind of like overcome this? Like what was, if you can think back to maybe like your early days, like first months, like what was kind of that inner chatter or um, going on for you? So before I quit, you know, I had a lot of convincing moments. I had little mm-hmm. nudges from the universe pushing me this direction. Mm. And um, once I reached the point where I knew I had to quit, it was completely based on a panic attack I had. Okay. Um, but the panic attack was in my head. I kind of went through, what is this? What's going on? What's happening? And yeah. Um, my father, you know, was, you know, when he was deep in his alcoholism, he had a stroke, um, at a very young age and he was permanently disabled. He lost his ability to speak. Mm. Uh, It changed his life forever. And when I was having this panic attack, my first thought was I'm having a stroke and perhaps in the first time in my life, suddenly his life and my life did not feel all that different. You know, we had that conversion moment where I was like, maybe him and I aren't that dissimilar, you know, maybe what he's been doing all this time and what I'm doing now aren't as different as I've convinced myself for all these years. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was that defining moment of, I have a drinking problem. And if I don't fix this now, um, my health 
or my family will fix it for me and not in a way that um, I, I would like. Right. And um, not by choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In any way. Yeah. Right. So I, I quit that day not knowing what I was doing. I, I had never been to a recovery meeting. I'd seen my dad go for years, um, okay. but I had never been to a recovery meeting. I had never picked up a sobriety book. Um, I did not know that sober Instagram existed. Mm-hmm. This was, I was as fresh as they can be. Fresh as a daisy. Fresh as a daisy. And um, <laughs> I went into it completely fear and shame based, um, mm. thinking this is all my fault. Um, mm. I am being, I am an adult who has been sent back to the kitty table. Um, I can't, uh, manage alcohol the way everyone else in the world seemingly can, yeah. um, because I'm just an incompetent person. Right. And, um, that's where I lived in my head for months and months and months. Um, okay. and it wasn't until I started digging deeper and reading the quitlet and opening up Instagram to start looking up hashtags. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, getting my hands on some defining books um, that helped me feel like I was being seen and that this wasn't unusual. I'm yeah. not alone. And um making me more aware of the opportunity that comes with sobriety. I feel like that's a message I had never heard in the past. Mm. Addiction felt like, like punishment. Yeah. Um, I never understood sobriety to feel like freedom. Um, But with the education and with learning more about it, I started to see how this could look. And that's when things got really exciting for me in my journey. Um, but the Whoa. first couple months was a lot of white knuckling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow. That's such an, uh, pivotal mindset change. You know, the sobriety is like a choice. Like it, it is full of possibilities and opportunities. It's not a punishment. Right. And it's, it's not like, Celeste, you're a bad girl. You can't do this yeah. anymore. Bar, bar, bar. <laughs> like no and- one likes to be told what to do or live in a place of exactly of deprivation nobody wants yeah. to live in deprivation and that's Ooh. I felt like that's what I was now subjected to for the rest of my life because mm. that's what I saw in my dad when he tried to quit drinking yeah it was a life of deprivation it was a life of basement meetings and weak coffee and yeah. telling the world that or not telling anybody because this right. is something to be ashamed of and uh, yeah, it's just, a secret it's a secret and recognizing that um, this is your secret and you are powerless. So those were mm. all the things that made me think I got to keep this bottled up. No one can know, right? right. They'll, they'll use it against me. No one can know. Right. And it was a moment I had with, I was in a writer's group. I was about 11 months sober at the time. Okay. Still hadn't told anybody. The only people who knew was my husband and my mom. Okay. And um, somebody in the writer's group said, hey, let's do a thread of everything people are proud of. Like what's going on in your life that you're proud of? And let's do mm-hmm. shout outs um, of ourselves. Cute. Yeah. And somebody in the group said, I'm six weeks sober. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. 
Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. And I had this light bulb moment, like, is that something we're allowed to be proud of? Oh like, my God. For the first time in that yeah. entire journey, I was like, I can get, I can be proud of this. Like, I don't have to hide this. Like, this is something uh, uh, worth being enthusiastic about. Like I had seen the positive benefits in my life, mm-hmm. but again, I thought this was something I was supposed to keep hidden and right. um, keep to myself. And so it was something about somebody else sharing that moment and me on the journey where I've thought to myself, this is actually really cool. Yeah. And something and to be proud of started, and celebrated. Yes. It started a revolution in my head. Whoa. I decided to change the narrative. That is so cool. Like, thank God someone wrote that and like almost gave you the permission. I know. I'm still friends with her. And we <laughs> we talk about that moment because she yeah. laughed it off. Like it was just, she was so excited at the time. Um, yeah. And here for me, that was like the spark I needed to, to fuel a new fire. Yeah. That is incredible. And also just goes to show you like how powerful being around like-minded people are and like, yes, you know, that celebrate those qualities and, and those milestones in your life. Like that is everything. That is so true. I think the power of community is so essential in building Mm -hmm. a healthy, sober lifestyle. Um, I, I encourage anybody um, on a sober journey to, if you don't have that community to find it, there's yeah. so many opportunities out there now. Um, and it doesn't have to be 
just one way. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's so uniquely built. We're all motivated by different things. Right. Recovery is going to look different for everyone. So if one way doesn't work for you, try something else. If one community doesn't work for you, try a different one. Yeah. Uh, You are not trapped in just one way to do this. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. And um, I think the opportunity, especially in today's day and age, is really exciting that we have so much variety um, and it's geared towards all types of different minds. Um, Yeah. Really cool. That's true. Yeah. And I love how, you know, you even mentioned like going on TikTok and Instagram and and using social media, like for good, right? right? Like using it to, to change your algorithm, to switch it up, to, to put some more inspiring and, and cultivating a group uh, of people that maybe you admire or look up to, or want to be like, you know, and that's really important. Like what we ingest visually audibly 100% is so I mean it is literally life-changing it's wild Mm -hmm. when you have a like even just social media alone when you have a social media space cultivated with sober positive messaging it's a Mm -hmm. game changer you are it's a mind shift uh, because you have stepped away from maybe only seeing videos that are encouraging alcohol use or using it as a crutch um, or joking about being a mom and how it's the equivalent of drinking wine, mommy juice. And when you switch it to a place where um, you're hearing positive messages about sober living and sober parenting, um, it subconsciously has a huge impact just on your thoughts and your thinking process. Oh, totally. I will, I am the first person. And I think I've said this before. So like when I first wrote my book, I literally just started following a bunch of like authors and women who like, I thought like, you know, were really inspiring and motivating to me. And so every day, like, okay, maybe we're not supposed to do this and wake up and go and check our phones right away. 
I, I do it because yeah. I really love what I've cultivated. Yeah. Who I follow. And for me, it's not like, uh, like, like a drain on my energy. It's like, oh, cool. Like, let's see what people are up to today. You right. know, like I, and, and it's inspiring as opposed to like being in that competitive state. I'm like, cool. I could take that idea and make it into my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, that like that's normal to write a book, right? Like whatever, <laughs> everyone's doing it. All my friends on Instagram <laughs> are doing it. I guess I will too. Yeah, yeah. And and so like I did it, and then everyone is like, "What? Like you're insane! Like how did you just pop off this book?" And I'm like, "Well, everyone I'm is I'm following, and all my friends on Instagram have already written theirs. Like it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> it's just a book. <laughs> yeah, it's just a book. Like what? Like it's hard. <laughs> oh my god, I love it." But like that, it changes like your standards, right? It changes like your level of like your game. Like if you want to level up surrounding yourself or, I mean, it doesn't even have to be in real life, but like. Exactly. What you ingest. Yeah. Like what you ingest is like seeps into your subconscious. It seeps into like your energy becomes habits. Those habits become actions, yada, 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 becomes who you are and what you produce. It normalizes it, especially in a place where for many people, they are surrounded by people that are drinkers. Yeah. They do consume alcohol. So to be able to have a um, place, whether it's social media, whether it's a sober community, where um, there's other non-drinkers speaking openly about being sober, it helps you normalize what you're doing. It helps you feel like you belong. Um, it, it makes you feel like you're doing the right thing where it can, it can be an echo chamber, uh, when you are only surrounding yourself with friends and family who are drinkers. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Um, okay. I have to ask, tell me about the book. What, (laughs) like, were you following a lot of people who are writing books on Instagram too, or how did this come how well, that's a great you? question. It's um, it's kind of a funny story. Okay. Um, so I uh, created this is the year before I quit drinking, okay. ironically, and I'll, you'll see the irony in a little bit. I decided okay. to do this thing called the Ultimate Mom Challenge, and it would be a year of me trying to be a better mom. Okay. Every month I would focus on something that I thought would be important on how to help me level up my motherhood game, right? So okay. one month was me trying to be more mindful. One month was me trying to be more um, centered. I, one month was me trying to be more fit. Like each okay. month I had this different focus on how I was going to level up my mom game. And at the end of the year, you know, I called it the ultimate mom challenge. I decided this is going to be my first book. It's going to be like one mom's journey into becoming the ultimate mom. (laughs) Something like that. I found a agent. We're starting to work on the book proposal all in the year that I had quit drinking. Um, Okay. So the December where the ultimate mom challenge was actually up. It yeah. was a January through December experiment. Uh, December 18th, I quit drinking. I'm right at the end oh. of this experiment. It was totally unexpected, totally yeah. unrelated to the ultimate mom challenge, but I had that panic attack. Yeah. Um, I had to make a change. I did it. 
And um, so working with my agent on this book about how to be a better mother and the December of my one year soberversary, I posted um, to my followers that I am one year sober. And that was what gave, I finally had the courage to go public with it. Yeah. Right. So I go public with, I'm one year sober. Um, I realized I couldn't drink the way I drank and be the parent I want to be. So I decided to quit. Um, Does this surprise you? It surprises me. You know, is this, this big old post, it was very well received. People were very kind Mm. and um, heartwarming about it. And my agent calls me, I think the next day. And she says, this needs to be your book. (laughs) Put the ultimate mom challenge aside. This has no to be your way. And of course, now I look back on the irony of here I was doing all these things to try to yeah. be a better mother, except the one thing I probably needed to do, which was to take away the alcohol. Um, Whoa. so that's kind of what got the uh the book started. And um, we from there we started. Uh, working on this book proposal and pitching it to publishers. But then COVID hit and Mm. the entire world just shut down, including the publishing industry. Yeah. Uh, So my agent said, sit tight, like nothing's going to happen. We don't know what's going to come out of this. And so in the meantime, I, um, you know, just, I kept trudging along. I was homeschooling my kids. I was working full time from home, like everybody else. And, um, I got a phone call, um, at the, towards the end of that year, um, saying we got a book deal. And the beauty of all this is the coronavirus and the pandemic added so much to the message of why mothers drink and how Mm. the systems um, at place really um, negatively impact mothers. Um, It would not be the same book if we didn't also have the data that came from the pandemic. So everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That is so interesting. And now tell me about the, the title. It's not about the wine. Yeah. And this is, is it about? The, <laughs> this is one of the epiphanies I had yeah. um, when, uh, you know, I went to that, that area I was telling you about before of rage. Like I was angry. Yeah. Like, how did we get here? How did we get to this place where um, so many moms are drinking wine to cope and why? Mm-hmm. And what I realized is it it's not about the alcohol. I mean, the, the real problem is that we are under supported at home and in the workplace, yep. we're undersupported systematically. Um, and we are pushed at by our culture, by people around us to dig deeper, lean in um, this mindset of you can do it all and you can mm. look good doing it. And right. it's just a no-win situation. So yeah, no shit. We're drinking ourselves under the table. We have nothing to help us. We have nothing right. to support us. And um, that was yeah, my, my come to Jesus moment that it's not about the wine at all. Mommy wine right. culture is about this place where we are creating this narrative about needing wine to mm-hmm. cope with bigger powers that be. Oh, definitely. 100%. I love that you dug deeper about that. You know, like not just stay 
superficial and, and about like the alcohol because it really never right. is about right. the actual act of drinking. And, you know, it I isn't. think when I first quit, I did think it was about the mm. alcohol. I think yeah. I used to blame wine for mommy wine culture, but now right. that I can see the forest from the trees, right? I, I really see that, you know, we have created this narrative, this mommy needs wine narrative yeah. to, um, to take a step back from knowing that we have a lot of situations and things in play that keep us powerless, yes. that keep us weak. Yep. And um, until we can- they Keep us under control. Yeah. I mean, we, you know? in, in the corporate life, um, you know, even at home, like domestic mm -hmm. labor, uh, unpaid labor at home, you know, we're still seeing the majority of women in a, you know, cis uh, partnership are doing the majority of the household work mm -hmm. um, because that's just how it's always been done. Even as more and more right. women and mothers go back into the workforce, like that's still uh, staying in place. Um, and that needs to change. Right. You know, our parents thought it was okay, but that doesn't mean we need to still think it's okay. We need to make shifts to oh. empower ourselves and our place um, in the household, in the workforce. And um, things like mommy wine culture, or, you know, even when you think about beauty culture or diet culture, like all of those are distractions from what we really need to be doing to get our power back. Yeah. And um, I, I see this as one of those things. Yeah, I agree. And and just because this has been the way of the world in the past does not mean that it is right and that it is working or that it is acceptable today. Like like I said, we are supposed to grow, we're supposed to change and evolve. And that includes like the systems and how we do things. Exactly. You know, like yeah, when look at even credit cards. Remember remember taking credit cards? Yes. Yes. And like rubbing that thing over top of them, like huh? we've come a long way. Yeah. And now absolutely. we're literally just like tapping our phones to pay for shit. Like, right. come on. I don't even have to bring my credit card around. My phone does no. everything for me. Yeah. 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 No, we need to update made, the system here a bit. We've made massive changes on sure. so many fronts, but when it comes to expectations of mothers, very little has changed and it right. needs to. Right. How do you propose like that happens or like, what, what would you like to see happen? Uh, I'd love to get to a place where women and mothers were getting paid the same amount as their male equivalents. Yeah. I'd love to lot. see federal uh, paid maternity leave and paternity leave. Yeah. And that'd be a huge step in the United States. And it's almost embarrassing that we don't have this at this point. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see better systems in place at the corporate level that um, help and support new mothers, more flexible uh, working environments or work from home space or um, flexible hours. And these are all things that would be supportive of, of so many mothers. Um, where we are currently trying to get by on old traditional 
uh, ways of working and corporate structure that just have never been conducive to mothers because they were never meant to be conducive for mothers. Right. It was like a last ditch kind of effort. Like, oh, we'll, we'll give them a little something, something to show. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Mommy wants to go back to work. How cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, you're, it's like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. Like that's also another thing. Like, okay. So if a mother goes back to work, that means she's selfish or, you know, oh my God, she hasn't taken enough time. Like she's judged for that. Right. And then if If she doesn't go back to work, then she's lazy and wants to be a stay at home mom. And like, oh, isn't that nice? If you come in late, you get looked down upon. If you need to leave early for a family thing, you're, you're not committed. Yep. Um, if you have to leave in the middle of the day because you just got a phone call from school, I mean, there's zero flexibility. And while I understand corporations that, I mean, their primary job is to make money, but if they want to have a more inclusive environment that includes working mothers, then they need to make some changes. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I love that. So Celeste, where can we find you on the world wide web? Yeah. So I'm on all the social medias at the ultimate mom challenge. Okay. Um, And you can find me there doing different things based on each platform, (laughs) (laughs) doing weird TikToks and annoying reels. And (laughs) she's on it. I love it. I love it. I love you're doing all the things. And then where can we, is your book in pre-order right now or where, where are we with the book? Where can we get that? It comes out September 12th. Uh, anywhere books are sold and it's called it's not about the wine the loaded truth behind mommy wine culture oh love that i can't wait so get where can you buy a pre pre pre-order the book uh you can pre-order it online anywhere books are sold so amazon barnes and noble books a million um they are all they're, they're out there now available perfect Amazing. Celeste, thank you so much for taking the time to share your experience and your knowledge with us. This has been great. Thank you, Jessica. This was really fun. How fantastic is Celeste? Now, I'm not a mom, but I can definitely relate to the feelings of not being enough and using and searching for things outside of myself to fill those voids, to numb those feelings of not feeling worthy or good enough. I think we can all relate to that. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, leave your comments and feedback about the podcast. We love to read your feedback. And sharing is caring. If you know someone, a friend, a family member, or loved one who needs to hear what is in this episode or any other episodes we may have, please make sure to hit that share button and share it along. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide and head over to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. From worksheets to exercises to our Sober Girl Social Club membership to group coaching, we have your back at any stage of your journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.